coming to you with words and teaching that will change your life forever. All things that you will ever need in your life, they're wrapped up in the Word. Go for the Word. You need to understand this thing. And when you get a hold of it, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The Bible says in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Can you shout amen? And set the course that I must follow. In the name of Jesus, prosperity is mine. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Pastor Chris, word hearing. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Did you have a beautiful week? Great. Now, last Sunday, I began sharing with you on the purpose of Christ. You ready? Psalm 149. You know, you ask a lot of people, who is Jesus? They say, is my Savior. Savior from what? Not many are sure. For some others, it's a Savior from sin. But that's not all he came to do. Alright. Psalm 149, I'm reading from verse 4. Maybe you should read it. Read it. Want to go. Stop. Stop. That line alone is too big for religion. Read it again. Doesn't sound like church, does it? Read it again. The Lord taketh pleasure. In heaven, in the angels, in the apostles, read it again. Go on. Stop. He says, the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. You know what that tells me? God likes me. No, no, look at it. No, look at it. Read it for yourself. The Lord taketh pleasure in his people. That means God likes his people. You know, when you say, God loves us, it's big. 
Most people don't understand what love is. Anyway, so when you say, God loves us, oh yes, I know. Like you heard from your father. You know I love all of you. Uh, did anybody, let me come closer. Did your father or your mother ever say, I like you? You never heard that, did you? No, no, no. Some of you heard love. You, you weren't sure what it meant. You meant, uh, or you thought it meant, uh, I pay your school fees. <laughs> I give you food. I've given you shelter. What else are you asking for? You know, ask most people. They say, uh, uh, do you love your family? Oh, yes. I give them whatever they need. That's, that's not all there is about love. So that's why most of us don't know how to relate with love. But I like the way he puts it here. God, he says, the Lord takes pleasure in his people. I'm one of his people. Are you one of his people? Okay, so... Say this, the Lord takes pleasure in me. Now, I know that for some people they're immediately thinking, how can he take pleasure in me? I smoked last night. I, I told a lie last week. Now you're not looking at me straight anymore. Okay, so, but he says, the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. That includes me. I'm one of them. So, God loves me. Yes. But this one is not talking about love here. He's talking about God likes you. So God likes Pastor Chris. You don't know how to say that? If your name is Andrew, you say, God likes Andrew. Can I tell you something? You don't know how powerful that is. Put some springs in your steps. When you come to terms with this, it changes your outlook on life. You see life differently. You think differently. You have a certain kind of confidence that the world can give to you. Are you hearing me? God likes me. Now, if God likes me, He cares about where I am, what I do, where I live, my work, who my friends are, everything about me. Because He takes pleasure in me. He likes me. Do you get it? He likes me. He likes me. That's personal. It's not a question of God loves us. He loves us, but He likes me. He really does. I know. I know. From the way He treats me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And all the things He tells me. God likes me. Hey, say that. God likes me. Hey, watch this. For the Lord... Taketh pleasure in his people. 
He will beautify the meek with salvation. Oh, then verse 5. Read verse 5 for me. Want to go. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. He didn't say let them be sick upon their beds. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. When you get on your bed, he doesn't want it because he got fever. He wants you on the bed because you want to rest and, you know, rest joyfully, happily. That's what he wants for you. We get it. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouths. The high praises of God. I could preach for months on this, this portion of the Bible. There's so much in there. Let me read through just a part of it so you understand what I'm talking about. Verse, verse 7. He says, To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. I'm not sure you know what that means. Let me read the next one. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Do you know what he's talking about there? This is authority. That's what he's talking about. But I don't want to go in there yet. Because we are um, ascending from one level to the other in this teaching. Okay? So let's come closer. Don't forget the reason for this is because we were teaching something else. And I thought we'll make a detour and, and get some of this. And then go back to what we were dealing with. All right. Great, great, great. What is Christ doing in you? What is he doing in you? What is God's purpose? Save you from sin? No, not enough. The death of Jesus saved the world from sin. Always remember that. The death of Jesus was all that was necessary to save us from sin. But that was not what God wanted. Salvation from sin was a means to an end. It wasn't God's purpose. It was a means to an end. God wasn't trying to save you from sin. God needed to save you from sin for a purpose. That's why you don't get salvation by confessing Jesus as your Savior, even though it's a blessing. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believing in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. didn't say anything about Savior. He says, to confess him as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. Salvation is yours. He didn't say, when you accept him as your savior, even though 
that is implied that he is your savior but he didn't come to be your savior he was your savior for a reason he didn't save you to save you so that you say i am saved and be saved he saved you for a reason like god said um through the 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 prophet Moses, the children of Israel, the Lord your God brought you out that he might bring you in. You see, he didn't just bring you out, he brought you out to take you in. So question is, yes, you are out, but are you in? You get it? Show you another principle here. Ah, uh, hello. Is it coming through? All right. So he saved you for a reason. Like he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt for a reason. He didn't just bring them out and say, Praise God, I'm out now. Praise God, I'm out now. Oh, glory to God, I'm out now. I'm saved from sin. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. That's not why he saved you. Sin was not his focus. He wanted something. That's why he saved you. He saved you to get something done. So, what is Christ's purpose? And has it been accomplished? That's the point. You see, he brought me out to take me in. Alright, I'm out. Am I in? If I'm in, I ought to know I'm in. Some died in the wilderness. They never got in. They never got in. They are, they are groping in the dark. Every day the same thing. Forty long years in the wilderness grumbling mumbling complaining against god and against moses they never got into the promised land and i told you the promised land is not heaven it's not a type of heaven the promised land is the type of our place in christ when jesus said i go to prepare a place for you he wasn't saying i'm going to prepare heaven for you are you listening now and that's in uh, 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 St. John's Gospel when you study the 14th chapter. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And many think he went to heaven to prepare a place. No, no. Before the foundation of the world, heaven was already there. He didn't need to prepare heaven for us. It was already prepared. So when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He said, when I go, I'll come again and I'll, I'll receive you to myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. What place did he go to prepare? Somebody said that bulldozers walking in heaven right now. Your mansions are being prepared. What was translated mansions actually meant living places living tabernacles he, he wasn't he wasn't referring to houses interestingly he didn't say in my father's heaven there are many mansions he said in my father's house and then there's another beautiful thing when you start in first corinthians chapter number five second uh, corinthians chapter five second when you study it he doesn't say that uh, let's turn there. Just want to show you 
a little technicality that will be helpful in your interpretation of the word. Ready from verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Uh-oh. How do we know we have? <laughs> I like this. Listen. We have a building of God. An house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. So we are not going to enter into a house that somebody's been building for us in heaven. The house is coming to us. Did you get that? The house is coming from heaven. We're not going into heaven, into the living tabernacles that Jesus said are there. No, they're coming to us. It's in the book. Let's read further. For in this we groan earnestly, designed to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the self same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always comforted, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. At home in the body, at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Do you understand what he's talking about? Your body is your house. The house that God's going to give you is the glorified house. The Bible says, as we have used earthly tabernacles, earthly buildings, earthly houses, your physical body, you are going to use a celestial building, which is a celestial house. He says there are terrestrial houses and there are celestial houses. Talking about your physical body. You have right now a terrestrial house, a terrestrial body. And you're going to use a celestial body. So notice the words of Jesus. I go to prepare a place for you. He said in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Are many mansions he didn't say in my father's house many mansions will be created or built he said there are I am going to prepare a place but there are so they're not the same thing what is going to prepare definitely wouldn't be the houses that already are isn't that clean yeah. all right so what is this place it's the place that no one ever occupied. All right. He said this in that 14th chapter of St. John's Gospel. As he got ready on his journey to die for us. When he died, we died. Because we were in him. 
He was our representative. When he was buried, I was buried. You were buried. Then he descended to hell. We were in him when he descended to hell. There in hell, he had a combat with Satan and the cohorts of hell and defeated them. And we were in him in all of that victory. So he had the mastery over Satan in our name. Do you understand? He conquered Satan in my name. Because he went to hell in my name. He died in my name. Was buried in my name. Went to hell in my name. You understand? And defeated the devil in my name. That means Satan knows I defeated him. <laughs> Jesus did it in my name. Because he did it for me. And then... He was raised by the glory of the Father. And when he was raised from the dead, God said, Thou art my son, this day have I given birth to you. That's when Jesus was born again. And when he was born again, there was a new kind of man. There was a new creation. He became the second Adam. That is the second and last Adam. The first Adam and his descendants now were all dead as far as God was concerned. Because Jesus came and died for them. He took their place and died for them. So the whole world has been paid for by Jesus. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we tell everybody. That's good news to the world. Hello everybody. You don't have to live in sin anymore. You don't have to be condemned. Jesus already died for you. If you will accept him. That salvation that he wrought for you. Will be accredited to your account. And you can walk in it. Hello it's yours. God's not mad at you anymore. That's what he's saying. To wit that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. Not counting their sins against them. So why do we count their sins against them if God isn't doing that? Isn't that simple? Yeah. So now. When God raised him up. He became the new man. The new kind of man. The second Adam. God's second Adam. And then anyone who believes in him will have what belongs to Christ. Can you see that? So he says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Because Christ has become the first and the head of the new creation. He was the first to be born again. So if you come into Christ, you have this new life. You are born again. This is the purpose of Christ. The new man. Now what is this new man's life? There is therefore now, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no judgment to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to their senses but according to the spirit <laughs> hallelujah who walk not according to the flesh 
You know, a lot of times people read that and all they think about is sin. Well, he's not talking about sin there. He's talking about walking according to your senses. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, this new creation, the Bible says there is no condemnation for him. There is therefore now no condemnation, no judgment to those that are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not according to the senses. We just read this. We walk by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5 or 7. We walk by faith. Not by sensory perception. Not by sight. So no judgment for those who walk by the Spirit. Who walk by the Word. Glory to God. So His purpose was more than to save me from sin. It was to bring me into uh-huh. Get this now. Bring me into... Hello? Haven't understood what I just shared with you. Take your mind to Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Read it for me. Romans chapter 3. Verse 23. Do you have it? Alright, read it. One, two, go. For all have sinned. Now, I wouldn't take much time on this. I I did in the second service. Make sure you get the tape. But uh, what I tried to point out there was very, very profound, very important. See, he didn't say all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He said for all have sinned. And that little three-letter word changes everything about that verse. All right? He didn't say all have sinned. He said for all have sinned. And because of that word for, it means it was connected to whatever it was he was talking about before he got there. Right? So, meaning verse 23 is not standing alone. It's coming from verse 22, which came from verse 21. Which came from verse 20 and which came from verse 19. Well, when we were looking at that, I thought, okay, it's permissible to begin with 19 because it began with the word now. Otherwise, you go straight to the beginning of the chapter, but then starts with what? So, not convenient, you go to chapter 2 and find your own chapter 1 and read the whole stuff. So, contextual analysis of the scripture is important. So you don't take things out of context and run off with the wrong idea. Hello? Do you understand that? Alright, so you don't have the wrong idea. That's why you should study it in the right context. Get exactly what the Lord is saying to you. Praise God. He said, for all have sinned. Because the discussion was to let us understand that the salvation of Christ was for everybody. He said, because it's everybody who sinned. That's the reason for verse 23, chapter 3, book of Romans. Trying to let you know salvation is for everybody. The righteousness of Christ belongs to everybody because it was everybody who sinned. He wasn't trying to tell us all have sinned. He wasn't declaring us sinners. In other words, the focus was not the sin. 
The focus was the righteousness that had come from God in Christ Jesus. You know what I'm trying to get you to understand? God's plan. That God's plan is not saving you as though you are. You know the escapist mentality. Deliverance mentality. You understand it? When people are saying, oh, the, uh, uh, and God's going to deliver you. You know, freedom. They're asking for, to be free, to be delivered, to be healed, to be all of these things. And I'm kind of, hey, do you understand Christ? His idea is not to heal you. His idea is not to free you. His idea is not to deliver you. How this promise about deliverance and the freedom and so on and so forth is the lesser subject of salvation. You just read it. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The problem of sin. The problem of sin was that it brought them short of the glory of God. That tells you what God was thinking about sin. God's mind about sin was that it made man fall short of his glory. That immediately gives you an idea what God wanted. God wanted us to share his glory. Now we hear prophecies and people, no man shall take your glory, O God. Rubbish. No man shall share the glory, O God. Rubbish. That was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus said in his prayer, in the 17 chapters in John's Gospel, in his prayer to the Father, he said, the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. It's too late to say we don't want to share it. He's given it to It belongs to us. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what glory is? Glory means excellence. Glory means that you have more than enough. Glory means that you can do what you want to do. You have the power. You can go where you want to go. Nothing limits you. Nothing stops you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's glory. In St. John's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse 11, the Bible says, This beginning of miracles performed Jesus in the presence of his disciples. He says, he manifested forth his glory. His disciples believed in him. He performed the miracle and he manifested forth his glory. I like that miracle. They needed, they needed wine. There wasn't wine sufficient for the guests. And his mother came to him and said, uh, oh, oh, what can we do? They don't have wine. And Jesus said to the, my, my, my. He said to the, to the servants who were out there, outside, and helping the guests come in. He said, the very thought of it. He said, fill this, fill this water pots with water. He said, fill them up. Can I tell you what? That was dishwater. It was the water that the people used when they came into the hall. 
As they came from outside, they took up that water and washed their feet and washed their hands and then entered. He wasn't drinking water. He was outside. So because the, the Jews will not enter anywhere like that without cleansing themselves. So they washed with that water. It was dish water. And Jesus came and said to the servants, read it for yourself. It's chapter 2, St. John's Gospel. He said, fill the water pots with water. And they did. He said, take out of it and take straight to the master of ceremony. The Bible says, the man took the cup and he didn't know what to do with it. But Mary had said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So he took it and he was trembling. And went, imagine, he didn't taste it. He took it and went to the master of ceremony and gave it to him. And the man went, mine oh my. And the Bible says, the servants were stoned. Because they knew where the water came from. <laughs> they knew where the water came from. It was dishwater outside. They thought, if that guy knew where we got that thing from, he would never drink it. My God, no. But then the man started praising. He said, everybody puts the good wine first. And puts the bad one when people are drunk. You put the best one last. This is wonderful. And the servants went, Ooh. <laughs> Jesus turned water to wine. And it was not ordinary wine, it was good wine. He met a need. That's the point. He met a need. He was so self sufficient. This is glory. The Bible says he manifested forth his glory. What was glory there? It wasn't the wine that was the glory. It was the fact that when they were in lack, when they were in need, Jesus, Jesus didn't have to ask. Jesus didn't have to pray. Jesus didn't have to be looking for something. For, he, he knew exactly what to do. He was like God who said to Moses, what do you have in your hand? In other words, from whatever you got, I can make anything out of it. That is the meaning of the scripture when it says, be content with such things as you have. Hallelujah. Because all you have is all you need. Because from what you have, he can make for you anything you require, anything you want. Hallelujah. When, you see, the Christian life is not an escapist life. That, thank God I'm, I came out. You know, thank God we are free. It's not. It is a call to glory. Come, follow me. C can I show you something? <laughs> Romans chapter 8. No, to be born again. If the world understood it, everybody would want it. But they don't understand it. And that's what we were sent to show them. Romans chapter 8. I'm reading for, from verse 29. I love all the verses in chapter 8. Sometimes I just wonder, where should I really start from for you? 
I almost feel like reading everything. Ready? From verse 29. For whom... <laughs> oh, gosh. For whom he did for no... God's foreknowledge. He knew you ahead of time. Now he says, For whom he did for no... He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Mm. For whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Listen, he's talking about us. We have been predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. To be like his son. That he, that his son, he's talking about God now, and then he says that his son, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many slaves. Look at it. That he might be the firstborn among many beggars. If you understand this, your prayer life will change. Oh God, do it for me. Oh God, do it for me. That will stop. Oh God, please give it to me. That will stop. Oh God, I'm only asking you for that will stop. When you understand this, your prayer life will change. You learn to pray like Jesus. Father, I thank you. I'm telling you. Look at it. You see, your life is based on your thoughts. Your thoughts are based on the information you have. And the information you have is based on where you got it from. You see, I can tell what a man believes by looking at his life. See that? So that's why they got problems. They can't believe this stuff. It's right here. How can you believe that Jesus actually had those miracles and yet Jesus said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Jesus gave us his name and said, use my name. Can't his name work as powerful and as effective as it did then? But they are used to praying the same thing every day. Do it for me, Lord. Do it for me, Lord. Do it for me, Lord. Three times a day. Next week, they're still asking for the same thing. Do it, oh God. Do it, oh God. Then they break down. Do it, oh God. Do it, oh God. Now you come and you say, Father, I thank you. It is done. And it happens. They say it's a lie. You see the difference? They can't understand it. I don't ask God for money. I don't ask God for money. I say, Father, I thank you. I got all the money I need. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. I'll never lack in my life. I'll never be broke in my life. I'm not trying to say it for it to happen. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. You got it. Hallelujah. But but you see, it's right here. God's plan was to have us conformed to the image of his son. 
So that, in other words, for us to be like Jesus. So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. That's what he said. Jesus becomes what? The firstborn among many brethren. Not among many slaves. Not among many beggars. Hello. He was the only begotten. That means the only born. He was the only begotten. But God didn't want him to be the only begotten. He wanted him to be the first begotten among many brethren. So, he's done it. Now, look, look here. Verse, verse 30. Moreover, I like it when Paul says moreover. He's got more to say to us. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them. Ay, 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 ay. Notice the tenses. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. Stop for a moment. Just stop for a moment. Let's pick that word justified. Justified doesn't mean you're forgiven. Justified doesn't mean sinner saved by grace. I like to let the whole world understand, the whole church understand what justification means. Because in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 it says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is it to be justified? He says Jesus was delivered on account of our trespasses and raised for our justification. What is justification? It means to be declared not guilty. That is too big. I said, that's not forgiveness. That's not redemption. Declared not guilty. Not guilty. That's not the same as saying you were guilty, but Jesus has forgiven you. But that's where the church stopped. I told you, the death of Jesus was all that was necessary to save us from sin. The resurrection of Jesus didn't give us salvation. The resurrection of Jesus made us new creations. Without a past. A new species of being. Do you understand? So he says, if any, oh, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, a new, a new creation. James calls us a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That means the first and the best of his creatures. To be justified means God looked at you and said, You never sinned. You are not guilty. Let me tell you how that is possible. Because you say, Ah, ah, that is, that is terrible. How can it be terrible? Look at this. God's idea was this. If a righteous man who never sinned, oh God, I wish I could lick old Prakto's name. Huh? That means put it into their spirits so they can think about it every day. That's what I said in other tongues. Listen to this. If a man who never sinned could be made sin. The Bible says he became sin, not sinner. 
He became sin for us. He became us. He took our nature. A man who never sinned. If it was possible to make him sin. If it was possible to take our nature. And put it on him. And have him condemned. And sent to hell. Then it would be possible to make a sinner become righteous and take his nature of righteousness and put it on the sinner. That's why the Bible calls it a gospel of substitution. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor that ye through his poverty might become rich shout amen somebody hallelujah oh this is what you know when you celebrate the word how can you have a dull moment when you understand this stuff it's not possible it's not possible you see you've been called into something I told you, the, the sin brought what? Man to the level where he couldn't know the glory of God. But we're reading something. I said justified. Because you're a new creation, there was nothing to forgive. Can you see that? You're justified. Now, after you have become a new creation, after you have become a Christian, it is possible to do something wrong. So that's why the Bible says, And if any man sin, If any man sin, He didn't say, And when any man sins. You still there? I said the Bible doesn't say, When any man sins. In other words, He's not trying to tell us, Everybody must sin. You know, somebody said, We all sin all the time. The Bible doesn't say when any man sins. It says if any man sins. In other words, you don't have to sin. In fact, it shows us that it's the babies that sin. Did I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you. Little children. Then he said to the young men, because you are strong. Then to the fathers, he said, because you have known him that is from the beginning. See that? So as a child in the Lord, as a, a growing Christian, you can do something wrong. Now when you do, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So what? You receive, obtain, obtain forgiveness. Obtain mercy. You take it. You're not begging for it. Oh God, please forgive me. I'm really, 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 really sorry. I'm really, 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 really sorry. I, uh, since last week I've been feeling so bad. I'm really, really, really sorry. Please, oh, He says to obtain mercy, to find grace to help in time of need. Obtain, collect, collect it. Collect forgiveness. That's what Jesus died for. Alright? To make available to you whatever you require of the Father. That is so important. Listen, as long as you are sin conscious, you'll be ineffective in your service of God. How can you cast out devils when you have condemnation in your heart? How can you worship when you feel like 
something has gone wrong in your life. Say, so let's worship the Lord now. Then you remember one sin, your hand goes down like this. So you'll be ineffective. Hallelujah. Practice the word. Alright? Let me round that verse up quickly. Romans, Romans chapter 8. Was that where we were? Alright, let's round that off now. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. Moreover, <laughs> whom he did predestinate, them he also called. That's me. Say, that's me. That's me. Did he say, them he shall call? Lord. Let's get our tenses right. Is this past tense or future tense? Called. Past. So this is a statement of fact, not a promise. He's not trying to do it. He's already done it. Alright, look at it. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. So, I am called. Hmm. And whom he called, them he also justified. So what? I am what? Justified. Then here's the big one. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. <laughs> Say, I have a glorified life. Now, you know, uh, what? <laughs> Say this with me. I'll never be broke in my life. I'll never be sick again in my life. I'll never be defeated in my life. I have a glorified life. I'm walking in the glory. Let me show it to you. In just one line, you'll be amazed. You know, you know that when you study the life of the apostles, you discover the only thing they ever suffered was persecution. And persecution is all right. If you have a Christ-like ministry, a Christ-like life, you will face persecution. It is welcome. I don't care about persecution. No, you'll be criticized. Jesus was criticized. That's not a problem. When you're criticized for Jesus, be glad. They can tell lies they want to, but I'll never change you. You always win. Let me tell you, because of the anointing of God on your spirit, the anointing of God in your life, there is nothing in this world that anybody or any group of persons will ever practice against you that will produce for them their desire against you. I never bother one moment about what others think about me. They are not a factor. Do you understand? It's important for you. Make sure you learn it. Make sure you become strong in your heart. Be bold. Doesn't matter. You don't, you don't need their, uh, their you, you don't need any one of them to give you some accreditation. To decide that you are a man of God. Be tough in your life. Amen. So let me show you that scripture. Ready to see it? Don't worry about persecution, but refuse to be sick. Refuse to be poor. 
refuse to be defeated anything that's negative now it may happen it may come but don't stay there you understand sickness could attack you i don't mean that if you feel something in your body you say i'm not supposed to feel sick no you may feel sick but don't be sick see i feel headaches you say i feel headaches when you feel headaches what do you do one of two things either you rest or you put your hands or you do both of them put your hand and say in the name of jesus christ headache go and if you weren't resting right go and rest if you have problems with your tummy put your hand there and say whatever has gone wrong i command you to come right now that's what i do i don't care that i feel something on my back in the name of jesus christ i'm what god says i am i got the life of god in me every fiber of my being every bone of my body oh. hallelujah if it's a growth put your hand on it say i command you to die and pass out of my body now when you say it it may not disappear at once sometimes it will disappear at once but if it doesn't you still see it there say i know you look like you're there but you are really gone it's called walking walking in the word not according to your senses but according to the word of god first peter we'll round off with this are you in first peter chapter one he brought me into the glorious life hallelujah, hallelujah. first peter chapter one i'm reading from verse 10 of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you now it's in verse 11 it's one of those things that people speed read and miss so try not to miss what we're going to get here searching what or what manner of time the spirit of christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of christ and the glory that should follow stop the sufferings of christ for some people the sufferings of christ and the suffering that you follow you see that i told you so you, you some of you didn't notice where we were going there it's right there if you are sick the lord will be with you in the sickness mm -mm. that's not what he said no He said the sufferings of Christ, they testified beforehand. The prophets testified beforehand. That means ahead of time. The sufferings of Christ. He says the prophets of old, before ever Jesus came, prophesied ahead of time 
the sufferings of Christ. How that Christ will suffer for us. And the glory that should follow the sufferings. The sufferings have ended. He says the glory should follow. Read the next one. Unto whom, to these prophets, it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you. The things that are reported. Ah, Peter went somewhere to preach. As he was going, there was a man who was lame. And he commanded, he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man got up and started walking and leaping and praising God. They heard that. You mean in the name of Jesus that happened? They said, you haven't heard anything yet. Paul was preaching at Lystra. He saw a man who was impotent in the street. And he looked at him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. He said, man, stand up and walk. And the man just jumped up. They said, ah, you mean that happened? They said, you haven't heard anything yet. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? The things which have been reported by those that have preached the gospel to you. He said the prophets of old were excited to, to see these things in revelations. But they were told, this is not for your generation. Now he says, it is for us. How do you know we are included? Because Christ has come. Christ has died. Christ has been buried. Christ has been raised back to life. Christ has ascended. Christ is seated in his place. And we are seated together with him. and worship him oh glory to God I know who I am I got the life of God in me I got the spirit of the son of God in me oh glory to God thank you Lord worship his glorious name magnify God Dima Santa Kabase, Libra de la Handura Casta. Oh, glory. Sejuma Crida, Negros Koshalamanda. message is an excerpt from a volume series of teachings. So order for the complete volume, log on to www.christembassyonlinestore.org.